It's the Theonauts, episode 188. The one for the distinguished Theonauts in your family. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's word. Hey, all you Theo Sandy Clauses out there. I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are... The The Theonauts! Hey, David, how you doing? Good. We are in the studio together. That's right. We had a great Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, Christine and I came down to Texas to spend some time with our Texas family. And uh, what better way to wrap up our visit than to have a Theonauts episode? Yeah. Seeing how the last one we had was August. (laughs) Was it August? August, man. So egalitarian and complementarianism. That's right. The, the, that one that kind of uh, stirred the pot a little bit, <laughs> a little. And then, uh, you know, we just went off the radar for a while, but we're back yeah. and uh, we're going to try it, to be back. Yeah, in with case you're wondering, it had nothing to do with the, <laughs> with the topic. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't break up the Theonaut yes. band. It's like, Oh, it just fell apart. They just went off the rails and the whole thing <laughs> collapsed on them. <laughs> we we uh, we just took a break and we're back and uh, we're excited. I think we have some new things on the horizon yeah. that we're looking forward to, and so uh, be on the lookout for that stuff. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that now, or you want to wait to the end of the of the? Let's wait till the end. Okay. So that yeah. We can, we'll make uh, y'all listen. That's right. That's to, right. To the podcast to hear some <laughs> of our our new um, um, ideas. But hey, there is um, one of the things that that kind of spawned on our recording of this was uh, um, a website out there called listennotes.com. I don't know if you've been on it, but it is a um, it is like a oh, a database of podcasts. And it's right. one of the biggest databases of podcasts like in the world. There's like 1.8 curated <laughs> podcasts on this on this uh, 1.8 million? Yes. Curated podcast. Yes, 1.8 million. There's there's a lot of podcasts out there, okay. out there. So, yeah, and I, I go to these uh, things like this before that I've seen, and, and it's always like just to to do a quick little uh, test to see, you know, how inclusive they really are. Right. Always put the Theonauts in there, right? Sure. Do we even show up? <laughs> are we even on the radar? And I did that, and here's an interesting note. Let me pull it up here right quick. So I found I found the Theonauts on it, and there is a listening score that this site does, um, and they compare it to like the Nielsen ratings. Like yeah. so, basically, this the score doesn't have anything to do with quality. Right. <laughs> it has to do well. I guess it indirectly it quality uh, you know reflects it. Sort of, yeah. But it's about popularity, right? So it it has to do with how many listens are happening on the podcast. Yeah. So um, they they do it on a scale from zero to a hundred. So hundred being um, the most popular, zero being non-existent. Not, yeah. And they don't even. In fact, if you drop below a certain percent, they don't even list you on the the, the site. List, yeah. But we we got a score. So 
our score is 32 out of 100. Wow. So um, that's it's pretty good. Yeah. So that at least we're on the radar, right? <laughs> but here's the number that, that blows my mind because they use this number to do a percentage. Yeah. So you kind of have an idea how many people are even getting into this one to a hundred scoring system. Yeah. So we are rated in the top 5% of podcasts of, of the podcast catalog here. <laughs> we are, are globally ranked at top 5%. Yeah. In popularity. So thank you all you Theonauts out there wow. for listening and, uh, and you know, downloading us because apparently people are listening. That That's really exciting. Yeah. And it's shocking. Top 5%. Now you got to, Take that with a grain of salt. There's 1.5 million, 1.8, 1.8 million podcasts out there, and it seems like anybody with a microphone and recording equipment—they're 15 years old down in their basement recording a podcast. Yeah, but it's it shows that you know maybe maybe Theonauts. Yeah, it shows either one or two things. Either we're doing something kind of okay, or everyone else sucks so bad. <laughs> Then and, they just push us up by default. They're producing no content, right. you know, or whatever. Well, which is not saying a lot about us lately, yeah. but but anyway, if 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 a podcast kind of drops off and it doesn't show up anymore, they haven't uh, produced in a while or whatever, they they drop out of the list right. anyway, uh, or they get they get marked as uh, archived. I think is wow. how as how it gets. Uh, but anyway, so. I, I just thought it was an interesting. So we've got thing. some staying power. I mean, we're at episode one eighty eight. How many years have we been doing this now? Yeah, it's, we've been doing it a while. Five, something like that. Yeah, maybe a little more. Gosh, maybe six. She was. Yeah, and you know we've slowed down lately. Oh yeah, we could have hit two hundred weight earlier than now. Right, you know, right. But, you know, but you know, there's there's a adjustment period that had to go on. I really think so. Well, and there's also this is also kind of like. When we see things like this, we know that people are listening. And by the way, when you guys send us feedback, it is you have no idea the value. That's right. Of that, I mean, forget you know scores and showing up on people's list or whatever. When we get feedback from you guys, it like it lets us know on a personal level someone is being impacted impacted in some way that's even right. if it's like controversial i don't we don't care yeah like we it's great I, I i invite you know a healthy good discussion about absolutely theology that's 100 what we're all about and anyone who sits around and says hey we got it all figured out you know whatever <laughs> i got less time for them i got right. more time for the for the people that you know are saying well, hey i don't quite agree with you well that's fine let's talk about it yeah let's, exactly that's that's what makes growth and if you think about it Almost every single time you've grown, like mentally, uh, intellectually, theologically, whatever, almost every time you've grown is because of a conflict. That's right. That's very true. It's because of an argument or, or and I'm, I'm not saying that arguments are good things because we can get out of hand and our emotions can get the best yeah. of us. But if you can handle an argument in a in a healthy way, like it helps you grow. Infused with love, absolutely. Open minds. Exactly. Yeah, always go into them with open minds. It, it uh, you know, it encourages you to to grow spiritually. And so, I, you know, that's part of the reason why God allows us to uh, to meet together as a, as a family. And a, that's why church is a corporate thing, right? Because yeah. we need to, we need each other to Feed spur us on. That's right. 
Iron sharpens iron, as the old what? verse goes. That, that's a great saying. We should like do something with that. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That's on the Bible. Yeah, it's yes. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, anyway, just wanted to throw that out there that uh, we're not dead. That's right. Um, and in fact... We're not dead yet. Yes, not dead yet. Um <laughs> We we have some interesting things on the horizon, so yes. we'll get to those a little bit later. We're so, excited. over the past six months, how have you been, Jeremiah? Man, I've been I've been great. So I'm in seminary, yeah, cemetery, and I'm having a lot of fun with that. That's been really a focus of mine as of late. Uh, this is I'm finishing up my second semester, and I've actually learned, which is exciting. You know, um, not so much. I've learned away from the the assignments mm. does that make sense mm-hmm. so the the assignments and the the, the rabbit trails can be as exactly yeah. have spurned me on into some of these interesting rabbit trails um i spent a lot of so i'm in old testament one and biblical hermeneutics this semester i'm only taking two classes a semester because i do have a full-time youth ministry on top of this and a four-year-old so mm-hmm. i'm really trying to fit it in there and uh I- I'm hence why it's been six months since we've had a theonaut <laughs> exactly right so uh you know i i'm in old testament old testament has been really eye-opening for me i've, I've spent a lot of my study in new testament i go back to old testament and i mm-hmm. i know the stories and i i see the the arc of how it connects to Christ and every, you know, and that's been something that, that I've looked forward to in studying the Old Testament. But really the background of the Old Testament, how it was um, um, created or how, you know... It, canonized. It, it was canonized mm-hmm. is really interesting to me and kind of blew me away and challenged a lot of my thinking. And then also some of... I, doing some deep dives into some of the books. Like I've spent a lot of time this... Uh, second half of the semester on Ruth, right? Mm-hmm, Which mm-hmm. is only a four chapter right. book, and it's not even, you know, in the in the Torah, you know, mm-hmm. which is the meat of right. the, the Old Testament. And, but it's it's just such a a great picture of God's sovereignty and and God's love towards all mankind, not just Hebrews, right? And so uh, that's been really fun. And then my my professor, Doctor Williams, is just a genius. He's He's an amazing teacher. So if you ever want to go to seminary, go to Southwestern and take Dr. Williams and try to take all of his classes because he's awesome. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Anyways, um, and I've had some bogus professors, but yeah. but not bogus, but I didn't learn anything from them, you know. So it's been really fun. I've, I've had a blast in seminary, and, and uh, the church is going great. We're about to hire a children's minister. We're really excited about that, and, and we're growing. And in the midst of this COVID pandemic, uh, church is weird. Church ministry is oh yeah so sure. weird, and so it's been a it's been a challenge figuring that and navigating that. You know, we had about fifty kids coming on Wednesday nights before the the COVID yeah. thing hit, and you know we uh, it's it's like we're, we're totally rebuilding from the ground up again, mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of ministry that that I'm working on, but. But God's good. We're doing yeah. great. I'm missing. I'm missing my Texas peeps in the the fellowship of the way. It's yeah. really hard. I miss that. Yeah. But but Village is doing great. So how about you, man? What you been up to? Oh well, we're doing well. It's um, it's kind of just keeping our heads above water. Sure. Just, uh, just managing and keeping the status quo. Uh, trying to keep people uh, engaged. Trying to walk that line. 
during this season of uh, COVID scare and and all that about um, how much you do and how much you don't do. Right, absolutely. Like that seems to be such a because you're going to make people upset one way or the other. Either way, yeah. And and so uh, I mean, on one hand, we are actually probably a little less conservative. Uh, than a lot of churches in that sure. we are meeting every week now and we right. are all in the building. Uh, we are still doing it re- uh, remote as well in case anyone is uh, wanting to to not subject themselves to our to the assembly. Sure. But um, but it seems to be on the whole everyone is 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 coming back together and mm-hmm. everyone's just. Dying for a sense of normalcy, like yeah. that's, and I think that is, uh, we've we've had to do quite a bit of counseling to people sure. who are struggling with um, with the men, with the mental aspects of it, uh, being the separation from their church family, and um, and some of them who are uh, dealing with their health issues, right, and you know seriously should not be there, and. Um, and wanting to make sure that the rest of the gang doesn't think that they're being stick in the muds or, yeah. you know, whatever. So it's like everyone's like afraid to hurt other people's feelings, and which is good because, I mean, we, it shows that we have a group that, is, that loves one another right. um, enough to do that. And, of course, we've got some people that are like, hey, when are we going to start doing our weekly meal again and all this? And so we've got people wanting to just keep going. Going full, straight in. Full it. blown. Yep. You know, and then we have others that are, ah, I want to pull back a little bit because yeah. the numbers are rising and and my health is not that great. And so, But anyway, just playing that that balance is has been, you know, kind of hard for us. Uh, but, you know, we've been, we've been seeing um, – Decent spiritual health. Sure. And that's the most we can really ask for, you know. Absolutely. Right now. It's just a a tough balance, and that's why I say navigating church ministry in the midst of this is something that this is the hardest season of ministry I've ever had to go through um, because you can't please everybody. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I I get emails uh, weekly about how I shouldn't be meeting, and then, but yet if I cancel, these kids... Uh, I get emails on the other side yeah. of, of people saying that we shouldn't live in fear. Yeah, the whole thing's fake, blah, blah, blah. Right. And yeah. so my my answer has just been, here's the deal. We're going to meet. We're going to take every precaution we can in our meeting, masks on, social distancing, social distance games, everything I can do to, to make sure that these kids are protected. But here's the deal. Our kids, the, 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 the core group has been together since the, pandemic started so if one of them gets it they're all gonna get it and they're gonna meet outside of the church even if because they're right. so close-knit as a, a friend group mm-hmm. that they're gonna meet outside the church whether or not you know so i'd rather have a, a spiritual bit and an aspect to the meeting and so uh you know so i say we're gonna meet and we're gonna take every precaution and if you can't do it that's okay we want to encourage you to do what you feel like is best for your family. Yeah. And if that means staying at home, you do that. And nobody's going to judge you. Nobody's going to think anything negative. We want you protected as much as you want to be protected. You know, I think it's also interesting um, across not only the United States, but the the whole world, everyone's dealing with this a little differently. Mm-hmm. Like the, I think just the personalities in the, in, in the, the, 
ge- geographical groups yeah. are different. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, y- your people in California and New York are going to have a different mindset about it than those of us down here in Texas. And and so, um, you know, and you know, I hate to say this, but the more redneck the... That's right. The... <laughs> It's the true environment it's, is. It's not shocking. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like, reality. Um, um, well, we just got a lot of people here that work outdoors yeah. and they're not affected in the exact same way. And they have a hard time understanding, um, mm-hmm. you know, some of it. And they're not seeing direct results of, of the virus. So it's, you know. Yeah. Well, you live in a town of 800 people, right? Mm-hmm. And I live in a city of, you know, a million. And so it's like there's a total different dynamic there yeah. and we, we have to be more cautious in the city than I think you have to be really out in the so, rural that's areas. Why I think prayer is like so important right yeah. now. Like I don't just mean help, help us get through this. I'm not talking about, um, not talking about, you know, coming to God with petition. I'm, I'm talking about being very tied into the spirit and close with him in communication. Yes. Because, um, I think that what we do from day to day is going to move and change and whatever. And we just need to be putting our hope and our trust in him. That's right. You know, and letting him help us through it. Yeah. And uh, so I I think prayer is pertinent for all this. There's not like a a fixed answer to the, this is how you need to handle the situation because it's going to be different for every group. I think it, I think this is healthy in the way that, it brings out spirituality in a, in a whole new aspect. When people are confronted with their mortality mm-hmm. and they're really trying to answer these tough questions, thinking about, well, I could catch this and die. Yeah, it opens up to the gospel a lot more. Mm-hmm. And so I think prayer is absolutely number one. And then evangelism, telling the gospel as much as you can is a big deal too. Right. Because I think more people are open to hearing the truth of, of, of Christ now than they would be if they felt completely protected. Yeah, any kind of trial does that. Like, that's right. Like that's, we see it through history. Yeah. Every time, actually, when freedom and peace is the norm, God seems to take the back burner. That's right. And and so anytime there is struggle or strife or yeah. tribulation or whatever, it always draws us back to him. That's right. And so there are reasons for these things that we go through, right? That's we right. just can't always see them. <laughs> So. It's crazy. No one wants works. to hear that God has a plan. <laughs> in the like, midst of the yeah, that's like the worst thing to <laughs> tell somebody. It was like, it's okay. God has a plan. That's well, right. God, God, <laughs> God's going to use this, mm-hmm. and, but He is going to use it. So, pray and uh, and and tell your friends about Jesus. That's yeah. what we have. All right, you ready to dive in? Hey, let's do it. So, uh, Riley, if you're listening, we stole this idea from you. Kind of. Kind of. Um, just so you know. But you can still do your idea at some point if you want. Uh, <laughs> so, last night we were riding. Um, we're staying at the Neal's house uh, over Thanksgiving. And uh, we were riding back. And, and, and the Meredith said that uh, that uh, the Riley wanted to do a kind of a top books podcast or books that he's reading podcasts or something like that. And I think that's brilliant. And it made me think of theologians because Riley is our theologian right now studying, studying at seminary. Uh, and by the way, he's still, he's never gotten a B in his entire life. Can you believe that? Mm. 
That kid. Well, he's so smart. <laughs> anyways, I, I wish I could say that. But uh, it, anyways, uh, but it got me thinking theologians for Christmas. What <laughs> what would a theologian want or a budding theologian? You know, a theonaut. What, what, what would a theonaut want for Christmas? And uh, and so I told David that, and we wrote down a great list. We have a top ten list for you again yeah, to get your. Here we are at the end of Thanksgiving. That's Tomorrow right. is the first day of Advent. Oh, that's right! It is yes. the first day of Advent. So if we're gonna, so we might as well start this out with a bang, right? Exactly. And <laughs> so if you have a a budding theonaut at in your household this this is a list of items that you could consider getting them in no particular order in no particular <laughs> order at all for christmas so uh without further ado and we'll, we'll you know have fun with this but uh should i <laughs> yeah because this is <laughs> this is like jeremiah's way of saying hey hey christina this is, this is <laughs> are you listening this christina this is my christmas list <laughs> I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Okay, here we go. All right, so I've got num- number one on mine is coal. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> you you should get coal. <laughs> go ahead. Oh my goodness. All right, so I'll start with the first one. Okay. The very first thing that I think of when I think of theologians is sitting down. <laughs> so wow. so an easy chair. Mm. Now, when I say easy chair, here's some specifics for you. Okay. I think it needs to be leather. Agreed. Um, it, it it needs to it needs to be not com- not uh, crushed velvet. velvet <laughs> it needs to be a leather, preferably brown or black. Not microfiber. Not microfiber. Yeah. Even even faux leather's fine, but leather easy because chair. we're gonna spill. That's right, all the time, and you know <laughs> it, it's it's gonna see our our butt a lot. <laughs> And so you want something that's going to have, you know, stand the test of time. So a leather easy chair, and here's some other specifics, not too soft, because that'll make your theologian fall asleep easily while they're reading their Jonathan Edwards. Yeah. Uh, But you don't want it too hard either, because that would be totally uncomfortable. So you want the the Goldilocks and the Three Bears uh, just right perfection yeah, yeah just right you want it just right so you know test out this easy chair just don't go buy it off of amazon go and sit down and think would, would i as a theologian enjoy this easy chair right like yeah like maybe even like an <laughs> armchair like a leather armchair right, with right. a with a uh ottoman um, that yeah an there, ottoman there you go either an ottoman or a recliner yeah that's, that's what you want and then easy access to a side table right where he mm-hmm. can stack his books up that he needs to read so that would be number well, not number one, but that would be a big one on my list is an easy chair. Okay. Well, let me let me um, springboard. Okay. Off of <laughs> off of the concept. So if we're talking about an environment in which to study your Bible. That's kind of what we're going. Yes. Right? So um, how about a box of cigars, <laughs> smoking jacket, smoking jacket, yeah, or a pipe? Like yeah. <laughs> This, now, these these go well with the armchair slash. That's right, easy easy boy. Now for our independent Babses out there, just ignore that part. But for our <laughs> which part, the, the cigars thing, you know, because smoking oh, is, is, that, is that smoking's all a sand, right? Uh, but devils. but you got to remember that 
Charles Haddon Spurgeon said it best. I will smoke this cigar to the glory of God. <laughs> That's right. So, and you know, he's a hero of the Baptist faith. Just putting that out there. Anyways, so yes, yes. or a pipe. You know, and if and if he doesn't like tobacco, here's the deal: you can get bubble pipes, and they look really cool. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it's like bubblegum cigars. Yeah, that's you get the bubblegum cigar if you get... <laughs> there you go. Because you still look the part at least. And a smoking yeah. jacket for get sure. Get you get a box of Churchills. Like mm-hmm. that's about you know, decent sized cigars. That's right. Big old ones. Or the is the Churchill the one that John F. Kennedy used to smoke? Mm, I'm not sure actually. We need we need Brian on here yeah, to that's to correct us on our cigar uh <laughs> Stuff, <laughs> or was it Romeo and Julietas or whatever? Well, that's uh, well, Churchill's a size, oh, okay. So, oh, is it? Yeah, that's the, so it tells you a, how much a, I know it's about a, it's it. It's a big, big cigar, <laughs> it's a big old cigar. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. That's the one that you bite off the end, and mm-hmm. yep, it's good yeah. stuff. Or a cigar cutter, a, an Enneagram cigar cutter, <laughs> not Enneagram. Enneagram. Uh, what is it engraved? <laughs> you know, what I'm talking about, in, yeah, what's that? What's that word? Is it engraved? Yeah, engraved. It, okay, engraved cigar cutter with their uh, initials on it. Yeah, that'd be yeah. cool. Yeah. Or with the with the Spurgeon quote. Yeah, I will smoke the cigar to glory <laughs> God. It's awesome. awesome. So okay, and I, so actually, I have another one on the list that probably fits into the same vein. So before we get okay. into anything that's that's meaningful, right? Like we're we're still talking about <laughs> these. You've got to get comfortable first. That's the thing. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> And so I guess you can write this one off of your Baptist list as well. So you guys just go ahead and tune this one out. The liquor cabinet, like you, like yeah. you need like a cognac and you know, or brandy or oh, something. absolutely, you know, something there that uh, you can w- whenever your inklings come over. Sure, you can like you know have your have your drink and your cigar and right. and talk discuss theology. deep theological elements That's from right. your from your nice little leather chair. That's beautiful. Or you know, if you're you're not the drinker. Oh, add on to this a coffee bar or you know okay. some kind of yeah. a nice keep you awake while you're sitting in that right. comfy, comfy chair right maybe a theological mug if you if you're <laughs> going to go cheap or you know a, a what do you you have that pour over thing yeah the Chemex style pour over coffee yeah. for for you coffee snobs that's really good coffee right yeah so yeah something like that that's great okay all right so getting a little bit more technical here out out of the environment out of the environment um one thing that i found really helped me a lot whenever i started seminary i went out and i bought a kindle fire um Mm, yes so my my next thing is either an ipad if you want to go if you want to get them something nice get them an ipad Mm -hmm. because an ipad is way faster much nicer it has better apps that you can use for your theological studying and also sermon preparation. There's tons of stuff that you can use on the yeah. iPad. But even just a Kindle Fire would work for their studying. And the reason or is... Or even just a Kindle, like yeah. a Kindle reader. You, there's not near as many apps, but you can get tons of books. Right. And the, the point behind that is, you know, uh, theology studying is so different now in our age of technology. And mm-hmm. this book, this Kindle Fire, you know, holds all my theology books on it and I can pull them up at a whim. I can cross-reference them. I can highlight them. Um, I can, you know, write notes mm-hmm. on them and it's all in the palm of my hand and it's 
easy access and I can carry it in my backpack wherever I'm going. It's like having your seminary library at, at your fingertips at any point you want it, you yeah. know, leaving home or wherever you're going. So definitely one of those is a huge plus for any theological minded person that wants to dive deep into, into book studies um, and Bible study. Yeah. So very good. So right. I'll springboard off of you again. Okay. So wait a minute. We've, uh, are we even keeping track of the numbers? <laughs> we've done like what? Four, five. <laughs> no, I we've don't done. know. One, two, three. This is four. Okay. You're doing okay, five. I'm, this is number five. We might have more, Which, but that's fine. Okay, so this is a top ten list with maybe more than top yeah, ten. We're just ish. ripping off each other. <laughs> it's like, you know, there's a lot of lists in the Bible that are like, how many tribes of Israel are there? Twelve. Twelve. Ish. Ish. <laughs> how many apostles were there? Twelve. Ish. <laughs> so that's, that's so what good. we're doing. That's right. So this, this is ten-ish. Ten-ish. So, um... <laughs> Where was I going? Oh, okay. You mentioned Kindle Fire, the, the, and, yeah, uh, the iPad. the electronic device. Sure. Um, in addition to that, you need software, right? To and you can get tons of free stuff. Don't get me wrong, tons of free stuff. Yeah. But for the really the deep theologian who's wanting to dig and get more and more and more and more, uh, you really probably need either an Olive Tree or Logos account. Right. I personally like Olive Tree. Because it's a little less expensive, uh-huh. um, and I love the resource guide. So I don't know if, if, if any of you guys are Olive Tree users out there, then uh, you can back me up on this. But like um, when, you, when you buy a book from Olive Tree, it just works just like you were buying a, a hard copy book. Right. Except for it links to the other books you've bought. Yeah. So, like, for example, if you are in a passage of Scripture and you have the resource guide turned on, every commentary that you've purchased shows up in the right-hand margin linked to the verse that you're on. So at a tap, you can read the Reformation study notes. Or at another tap, you can read the ESV study Bible notes, which are very good, by the way. Right. Um and anyway, no matter how detailed, like you can go out there and buy a commentary on eschatology or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so now not only do you have access to that one book, but you've got access to what the ESV has to say about that eschatological verse right. or, um, or the, or what the Reformation study Bible or any number of study Bibles, basically any study Bible you can buy off the shelf is available in Olive Tree. Right. So Olive Tree, the app itself is free. Yeah. However, uh, and there are free books. I mean, you can right. get the King James and, you know. And, sure. And, and even, the, even the regular ESV, I think, is free on occasion. Sometimes it's like 10 bucks. Mm -hmm. The Bibles themselves are pretty cheap. But whenever you start getting into the commentaries and the lexicons, well, that's whenever it starts building up a little bit. So it can get expensive. Sure. So that's why... Uh, a good gift idea is gift cards. You can buy gift cards to Olive Tree. I think you can buy gift cards to Logos as well. You can, yep. But uh, I have had, that's just been a standing thing on my list sure. for years. Right. And I'm like, if anyone wants to get me something and I don't know what to get, you're always safe. 
buying me an olive tree gift card. Yeah, and absolutely. So Logos does the same thing that you're talking about, but it's not as user friendly. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more demanding on going back and, and connecting those things. Right. And so, but it has, I think the library on Logos is a little bit bigger than Olive Tree um, because it's been around for longer. Right. And so, and it's more prominent on the seminaries. Um, and so, in fact, if you go to seminary, some of the some of the classes actually require you to have a Logos account, really, because they use some of the some of the notes and stuff mm-hmm. from that. Um, also, uh, Logos, if you go online uh, and you sign up, so Logos online, as opposed to the app, um, they they give you a free book every month. Mm. Now it's usually some obscure yeah work. It's not. Not not the you know top ten bestsellers yeah yeah but that's pretty cool that you can you know fill up your library with those free mm-hmm. books every month so well and I gotta be honest like in in Olive Tree I have bought actual books like chapter books mm-hmm. like you know um, sure studies or whatever and but I'll be honest I hardly ever read those right like when I'm in Olive Tree I'm usually in Bible in study. the Bible that's and right. so um, to me the what what has been like invaluable. Has been the commentaries and the lexicon. Sure. So, like for example, on the on the lexicon side of things, um, at a at a tap, you can see the underlying language. Yeah. You know, what the Greek says about what the Hebrew words, what the Greek words. Right. You know, you can see all that definition in a bubble pop up as soon as you tap on the on the word. Sure. Uh, in addition, if you have that in the resource guide, it's showing up on the right hand side yeah. as you're moving through. Right. So it's. Um, Another helpful one is, stuff in there. is a harmony, uh, which they have free harmonies mm-hmm. on both logos and uh, gospel harmony. Right. So it puts Matthew, Mark, Luke, John together, and it shows you exactly like intermit, intermingled, yeah. right? And it shows you uh, basically the um, uh, the the chronology of the gospels. So, and those, like I said, are both free on logos and an olive tree. So there's there's tons of resource. For diving deep at your fingertips, yeah, right there, and uh, and and there's so many things in there that like um, that you know they're, they're they're still expensive because it's like buying a, sure. a set of books. But some of them, uh, like at one point, I, I got the uh, the pulpit commentary, uh-huh. which is huge. It's like, a gigantic it's, volume. My it, dad has it and it fills up one full absolutely section of his, huge. Of which I don't know if you've ever used that commentary, but it is. Rich, yeah, like it is very vast, very deep, and and so yeah, I really enjoy that one. Yeah, it's good stuff. And like I said, I use mine for seminary, my Kindle for seminary, because uh, also just a note, you can you can buy most seminary classes. Usually, the book list is at least four books, Mm -hmm. um, which that gets expensive. It adds a couple hundred bucks onto onto the ticket of the class, right? Um, but you can get those books for vastly discounted prices on your Kindle. Like yes. just buying the digital copy mm-hmm. is so much better than going out and buying the, the actual book. So, yeah. yeah, definitely recommend those technological advances yeah. for your seminarian or your theologian. It's a big deal. So, all right. Picking backing on off of that, if you are inclined to buy the actual paper, if if your seminarian mm-hmm. likes the feel of the paper, and which and which of us don't exactly, it it's it gives like, way yeah. more of a distinguished mm-hmm. feeling. There's nothing that that can take the place uh-uh. of That's an right. actual book. That's right. Like it's good to have for informational purposes these tools, but 
There's still something. It's just special. very great. The smell, the feel, yeah. everything. Like books yeah. are. I don't think you're ever going to lose books because of the tangible That's right. nature of them. Absolutely. So here's a couple of recommendations that we have uh, <laughs> for these for these books, and you have some recommendations. Yeah. I have some, and this will count towards. So, so this is number six, right? right. Complete work set of Lewis. C.S. Lewis mm, yes, would be very, number one for me because I just I love reading C.S. Lewis. And you Lewis. know what that, that irritates me? What's that? There aren't really good leather binded Nuh-uh. versions of that. Right. Like they're all paperback. Mine's paperback, yeah. Yeah. It's like I really want a leather bound like Frank Franklin Library <laughs> style <laughs> set of C.S. Lewis books. Like if that was gonna be like that is probably if I could have one Christmas gift <laughs> wish list that doesn't exist. <laughs> it's that. That's it. I sure. want like the Franklin Library C.S. Lewis collection. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it'd be amazing but just to have that. Continue. Um, Spurgeon's <laughs> complete works. Uh, his his <clears throat> his sermons start with that. Just get the complete yes. sermon list of Spurgeon and. Oh my goodness! I've got like a hundred year old copy of that here somewhere. <sighs> it's such a deep, rich thing. That that inspires mm-hmm. uh, me just reading those complete works of Edward, his mm-hmm. sermons as well. Yeah, it's a big deal. And then I have Calvin down because uh, you know Calvin is a is a backbone theolog- uh, theologian. Mm-hmm. I, most of most most theologians, even even if you're not reformed, uh, go back to Calvin at some point yeah. in some way because he was such a big part of the the Reformation, and so. Um, those four to me are a big deal. I also wanted to add one more. Um, the ESV, I wanted to add a, a Bible into this. Okay. So the ESV, uh, has a, um, a book by book reader, reader, mm-hmm. which is absolutely amazing. And it takes away the chapters and the verses, right? And it puts <clears> them <throat> book by book. And that's, that's something that's special to a theologian because, Taking away the chapters and verses and putting the 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 book of Romans yeah. so together. So if you're not referencing, like that, that's right. If you're not studying by reference, but if you're studying in a in a narrative form, right? It, it, expository form. It makes scripture come alive in in yeah. a different way. Um, you're you're not your brain doesn't start categorizing mm-hmm. different chapters, right? Yeah. Um, it it actually it reads like a letter. Which is what it was intended to do. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely that as well. Okay. But. Well, see, so, along those same lines, uh, basically anything from Crossway. Okay. Like if you go to Crossway, like uh, they they do these box sets like crazy, and right. that, that one you mentioned is sure. one. Yeah. Uh, uh, my mom and dad gave me. Uh, where is it? Oh, he's looking there. on his shelf right now. The illuminated. Bible. Oh yeah. Which is an ESV, but it's like it's um it's got artistic illuminations right. all through it. So I mean it's just like they they're very good for these artsy um right. beautiful edition sure of the Bible. And to me that's just kind of cool because it's taking my favorite book, <laughs> my favorite thing, sure, and making it presenting it in a beautiful way. Right. And so I love that. Um so in addition, uh, some other uh, book sets. I think book sets are a great gift Any idea. Any book set, yeah. Like, like, because people usually aren't Except inclined. Except for Joel Osteen. But go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> people generally aren't inclined to buy 
book sets on their own. Like mm-hmm. you'll go, you know, buy this book or that book or whatever, but you very rarely go buy a volumes. Right. And and so and they're more expensive, but at the same time, these are things that they're probably not buying for themselves. Right. Uh, but but I want. love, yeah. even if I don't even reference them that much, sure. they look great on the shelf. Exactly. <laughs> so it gives your your reading room a distinguished air. A very important <laughs> one that you didn't cover is yeah. the one I have here, the complete. Sermons of Martin Luther. Oh, that's great. And so, what's great is on his deck, you can't see this, but on his shelf, he has a complete Sermons of Martin Luther. And above it, he has a little Lego Martin Luther holding <laughs> his pen and his Bible in his hand. This is great. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, like uh, I've got the selected writings of John Knox. John, John Knox. So yeah. yeah, so anytime you you get what I would consider ancient writings from from... The, like if you were getting the the works of Augustine or, mm-hmm. um, or, or you know any of these old old what I have on here the Antonicene fathers yes I have wanted the complete set of Antonicene um, father writings like forever it's been on my Amazon wish list <laughs> like forever problem is it's real expensive yeah. right but. Uh, I always thought it'd be cool. These, by the way, for most of you that may not know who those people are, those are Christians who were writing around anywhere from about a uh, hundred eighty mm-hmm. to about two fifty, right? Eighty, like the writings covered that time frame before the patristics, before before the Nicene Council, right? The the, the writings, and and this is by the way. Getting a little in a rabbit hole. If if you hear that the that the canon was created at the Nicene Council, it's not exactly true. No, their canon was discussed, but the the reason why um, the reason why canon is so tied to the Nicene Council is because they referenced the writings of these books right uh, in the in the council. Sure. So the twenty seven books of the New Testament or whatever were were quoted in some way or the, another, and right. that's what created the canon, more or less. Sure. And so, but anyway, these guys are the ones that you know they've been quoting these these scriptures for sure. a long time, and so the the writings of those guys. This would be Clement and um, Ignatius and Tertullian Jerome. and Jerome yeah. and uh, Justin Martyr, right? Like all these guys that. Um, existed in that very early church time frame. And if you can't afford that complete set, one book in particular that has really helped me in my theological studies is actually on your shelf, and you loaned it to me, and then I had to go out and get my own. A Dictionary <laughs> of Early Christian Beliefs. Yeah, where do I have it? It's that? a very cheap book. It's down... Do you see it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's by Calvin. Um, it's actually down here by my one <laughs> copy of the Anti-Nicene Fathers. Like, I've got one out of the set I found at Half Price Books. Nice, <laughs> nice. But that book, I mean, it's a it's a pretty modern book, but it's it's so good. And it 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 divides things up on, on uh, theological topics or Christian topics, such as salvation and uh, Trinity and all these different topics. And then it gives quotes from the different anti-Nicene fathers as well as patristic fathers. Um, and, and it really helps you understand where they were in the, in the early church development 
on these theological topics. Amazing reference book for anybody that wants to study topically yeah. on, on theological topics. So that's one. Yeah, that's too. that's a good one. The uh, One of the things to bear in mind, too, if you are a theologian and haven't, do- do- haven't dove into all of this, and that is dive in with a grain of salt yes. because there is heresy in there. there. That's right. I say heresy. There are things that are, I think, that are... Are not quite right. There, there will be things that blow your mind, though, as well, because you are coming from, as I, for example, my Baptist background and my Baptist doctrine, coming from that thinking that, well, all the early church fathers totally agree with me, and they totally don't oh, on no. a lot of topics. No. It's, <laughs> yeah. So, like, eternal security is one of the biggest oh, yeah. things to me that whenever I started reading these guys, I'm going, whoa yeah they take a way different bent than what i took you know and so um yeah so be be aware of that but it will stretch you and grow you greatly so so yeah so um any other box sets that you had um i think oh aside from maybe language references yeah uh, i think language references are always good for a for a a theonaut to sure. have to have on his on his uh, bookshelf, but mainly because it's not it's fun. Like right. for example, uh, any type of uh, interlinear mm-hmm. book um, of the Bible is an awesome sure find. There's all kinds of really cool things you can do with uh, with those language references, and of course, not everybody is schooled well enough to just flat out read the Greek New Testament. <laughs> But if they are, that's a Riley. great gift. <laughs> yeah, and you could mix it up, you know, get them a majority text here and then get them a Nestle Island. Sure. And there you go. <laughs> Boom. You got it. So. <laughs> okay, so yeah, getting off the rails a little bit. All right. So a piggyback on that um, would be a heresy stamp. This is something <laughs> This is something yes. that's actually on my Christmas list, if anybody's listening, that I've been wanting for a while. But... So as a theologian, you need to study and you need to read books. And some of these books are heretical in a lot yeah. of a lot of ways. So there's one book that I'm not going to mention the name of it, but it sits on my shelf um, in my office. And if people would pull that out and start reading it, they would think, why do you have this? This book is wrong. OK, so, right. a, you know, the Book of Mormon or some other. Yeah. Right. So uh, you had a stamp made a while back. Yes, it wasn't me. It was um, Meredith and Paige got it for me right. for my birthday or Christmas. I can't remember which. But it, they went a step further. It actually says total heresy, <laughs> which is probably the way I talk anyway. Sure. So, so I was perfectly cool with that. Yeah. Total heresy. And, I, you know, I almost want to, like, put partial heresy on some <laughs> because I still want to stamp some of them. Sure. The idea is if you die and someone's going through your library, they go, wait a minute. I didn't know David thought this. Yeah, exactly. Why has he got this book? Right. You know, and it, so this distinguishes those books that you know somebody will say, "Oh, okay, it's heresy." You know, for research purposes only, underneath that, yeah. right? And uh, I think that that's a brilliant idea for a gift. And and so with that in mind, if you are building your library, or you're building your loved ones, your Theonauts library, um, it's okay to buy books that completely go against what they believe and here's why because you can't really 
condemn something or or disagree with something like vehemently if you haven't actually read it. You need to study it. Don't don't just take someone else's word for it that says, okay, for example, I've got the God delusion by um by Richard Dawkins. Dawkins. Yeah. I have no problem stamping that as completely heretical. Right. Um but but the the thing is I can be like, oh, Hawkins is a uh, atheist, is, yeah. is an atheist, and so I disagree with that book, even though I've never read it. Right? No, if you're gonna if you're gonna at least uh, disagree with it, read it that's and right. see what he has to say. You know, more more. That's a very obvious choice. I'm gonna read that book, and I'm gonna be like, yeah, it's heresy. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, you don't want to talk out your rear end because you're saying things that the book doesn't really, you don't want to build straw men arguments against people you disagree with. So always like read these things and have them readily available. Absolutely. If, if you're speaking with a Mormon and they go, well, the book of Mormon says you can actually use the book of Mormon and the new world translation. Sure. To, or that's the JWs, isn't it? Yeah. The, uh, you can actually use a great press. Yeah. You can use those, um, books, to still teach the gospel. Absolutely. Like you can, uh, the, with the JWs, the New World Translation, you can very easily go through the New World Translation and be like, yeah, but this is the gospel. Right. Um, and this, this word that, that y'all translated obeisance here, it means worship, like the Greek underneath. Right. Like, let's go look it up. Same Greek word here that you translated worship. You know, when talking about Jesus, it's not obeisance. Right. It's worship. Absolutely. So, I mean, you can, you can still... Use these things, so don't be scared to have them on your shelf. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you, it's just that whenever you're afraid, when people are looking through your library, stamp that sucker. Get a heresy. You know, stamp. I got muscle in the shovel stamped total heresy like on it about five times. five different times. It's like <laughs> every time you start goodness. reading it again, you go and like, "Oh, where's my stamp? stamp? I, I got to stamp this page too." It's not good enough to stamp the book itself. I got to like stamp every page or something. Right. Okay. What do you have next? Oh. uh... I forgot what even number we're on. Oh, I just okay. So if we're talking about books, about here's another good one. Yeah, Bible leafs. Ah. So I want to explain that one a little, a little bit. So uh, years ago, I really got into textual criticism, criticism in the history of the uh, translation of the Bible from sure. the original languages into English, and which is a fascinating study. If you ever go down that, people a lot of people just think King James is the first one. No, that's not even close. Yeah, like it's like the ninth ancient translation <laughs> right. into English, um, and it's not even really a translation as much as it is a a uh, revision of the of the Bishop's Bible. But anyway, you keep going through the history of these these ancient Bibles, and the cool thing is original original prints of them still exist. Like they're still out there. Sure. And um, there are a lot of places that sell because the books may be too beat up, beat or, up or whatever mm-hmm. to sell as an individual thing. So they'll take and sell you a page, right, from an original printing. So um, the ones that are actually printed are kind of affordable. Now, if you're going to get into the before the Gutenberg press, the handwritten when, when they were all handwritten, you're going to get into more expensive stuff. But right. you can actually. Uh, like buy your your Theo, Theo not loved one a page from say the Great Bible right you know or the original Geneva G- Geneva like was printed in mass so like in case you don't know the Geneva is printed in 1560 
and it was like this was the Puritan Bible. This was the the Bible of the pilgrims. Right. So whenever all the pilgrims hit the Mayflower or whatever, what they've got in their hand is the Geneva, Geneva. translation. Right. They're not reading the King James. Right. And so there's tons of those. Yeah. And so they're very common. And you can get a Geneva a page from a Geneva uh, Bible or an original, you know, printed in fifteen sixty. Like, who can say the oldest piece of paper in my house is hanging on the wall? I've actually got it, in my house. I had uh, well, I don't, it's not there anymore. I don't know where I did with it. But the the oldest piece of paper in my house is a framed copy of the Vulgate. Oh wow! So and it's and. So it's handwritten. Yeah. It's a handwritten. It predates the Gutenberg press. It's like 400 and some odd years old, the version that I've got. So, so cool. So anyway, it's it's pretty neat. What it, better to adorn your study than a leaf from one of these early mm-hmm. Bibles? So how much would a Geneva leaf cost? Oh, you could get, depending on the condition, uh-huh. I mean, you could get them as low as 10 bucks. Wow. But, uh, it, you know, it just depends also on the passage. Yeah, whether or not there's a wood cut, which is you know when they used to do the artwork right in the illuminations and whatnot in these in these old Bibles, uh, they would carve the drawing onto a block of wood, and it and would be a stamp. stamp. They would yep. stamp it onto uh, all these books, and so because all the other printing was diecast right. uh, letters, letters, yeah, and uh, so. Yeah, so if you get one with like a picture or a woodcut in it, sometimes they did woodcuts for the first letter of the word. It'd wow. be like this real decorative yeah. uh, letter uh, or the title of the book. So a title page is going to be worth more than sure. just a generic one. So it just depends. Um, some of them are harder to find than others. One of one of the holy grails out there is uh, if you can get a page from a Tyndale, an original 1526 or whatever Tyndale, that's worth a lot of money, mainly because that was seen as contraband at the time. Right. So and they would burn them. They they would snatch every copy they could find and burn them. Right. So if there's a surviving one and you can get a leaf from Oof. it, that's really cool. Special. So for yeah, so it's kind of cool for us students of the Bible to have one to of those. have because it's a picture of history. Yeah. And it's you know. Kind of cool, beautifully, and obviously, if you could get your hands on any type of manuscript copies or whatever, all of that's going to be, yeah, you know, something worth framing and right and hanging, displaying. Up. So, so uh, to, to piggyback on that, I have down a journal, um, and get something that is easy to write. I love leather bound journals; they're beautiful, you mm-hmm. know, and, and they're great. But some leather bound journals aren't easy to write in. Um, they're stiff. You know, they don't bend backwards very easily. Right. I want I want a journal that I'm able to actually utilize and, and fill with my own thoughts mm-hmm. on on reading scripture. But a journal is always a wonderful gift for a theologian because you can just fill those up with with your your studies and your thoughts on scripture and it, it becomes something that, that that's special. You know, you keep those journals for the year, you go back and you look at where you were, you know, five years ago, ten years ago in your theology or where you were in, in your, your personal life. And it's just a special thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, those those journals, and there are some 
leather journals that have inserts. So you can find these at Barnes and Noble. They're really cheap. Yeah. Um, but they have the leather outside, and then you can insert the actual journal inside, and so they can continue using that leather bound. Mm, yeah. Um, and that, that's a wonderful gift. I have tons of those from from the years that people have given me that uh, you just get to fill up with your own stuff. Yeah. So a journal is, is special. You know, it's really weird to me. Um, I would think that I would just eat that up. Yeah? Yeah. But for whatever reason, I don't utilize journals very much. Huh. Like, I, I journal in books yeah. all the time. Like, if I'm, if I'm reading a, a book, I'm writing all over sure. it. Um, but I hardly ever just journal into a, a blank page. Like, right. I don't know why. I can't explain it because that kind of fits me. Like, sure. <laughs> you would think that I would do that, but I don't do it as much. And people have given me journals, and I love them. And when I get them, I'm always like, yes, I'm going to fill this up with blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I think part of it is my whole, my whole personality type. Yeah, is that I'm, you can't sit down to. I'm well. I'm not a. I'm, I'm not organized enough. Right. I think that's my problem. Is is I'm, I have all these ideas about it. Sure. I don't want. It, but you know, I probably have drawn <laughs> in journals more than I've journaled Written. in yeah. journals. But anyway, I understand that. Um, for me, the reason I got into journaling was actually to help my prayer life. I, um, writing down my prayers uh, helped me organize thoughts. I have ADD, and mm. and if I'm just going to sit there and pray, it's it's harder for me to sit there and pray than it is for me to uh, gotcha. to to put it down. In you know, so usually I'll read a chapter. My uh, you know my study goes. I'll read a chapter of scripture and then um, spend some time reflecting and then write out a prayer. Mm-hmm. based on that chapter. Yeah. And that's mostly what I use my journals for. It's not even really in-depth theological studies, but it, it helps me spiritually. Yeah. And so I love having those journals. And then I'll write poetry sometimes. Yeah. And the journals well, I'll do that too. too. Yeah. So. Um, so, you know, a journal's pretty cool. What do you got? Um, let's see. I think I've covered everything except for the last one I have on the list is a voice recorder. Okay. Now, if you have a phone, you probably have this. But it, there's something cool, though, about that, you know. <laughs> About <laughs> about just, you know, recording. And this is probably, I, I've done this more than I've journaled. Yeah. So if I'm going to record my thoughts, a lot of times I'll talk into or, a voice recorder or whatever and then, you know, play it back. And, that's kind of cool. And so I, I think uh, voice recorders are are kind of a cool So for the type thing. 7 theologian in your life, <laughs> get a voice recorder <laughs> as opposed to a journal. <laughs> because that will yeah. help well them. if you're driving down the road too and you know a lot of times when i was commuting to dallas and back you know i sure. got all this time on the road and i would spend some time some of that time going oh man i just thought about something i need to a, a good sermon idea or a good right. study topic or whatever and i'd turn on the voice recorder and just start recording there you go so so preach to the recorder and then come back yeah and- Check it out and finish out your notes. It's smart. All right, so the very last thing I have on here um, is probably the most important because we all know that any good theologian has a beard. Um, <laughs> most definitely. Unless you're female, all theologians should grow a beard. It's a We say that, but you endeavor. and I are both shaven pretty close right now. Yeah, well, close considering, <laughs> but you know, it's coming back. Don't don't worry. I shaved my beard for You went a, full John Candy. Yeah, I, no. It wasn't John Candy. <laughs> I was I I was doing Nacho Libre for uh, uh 
<laughs> for a costume party in October, <laughs> and this is what's grown back so far. It's yeah. it's coming back. It was completely clean shaven. It was the scariest. I've only done that twice since I've grown been able to grow a beard yeah. Uh, yeah. legally because for a couple of years there I wasn't allowed to have a beard. Whenever I was, which is wrong. It's it should be totally against the law to make anybody not be able to grow a beard. But yeah. anyways, so uh, the last thing I have, of course, is beard oil. Find some good, nice, beautiful mm-hmm. beard oil. What do you use? Do you know? My favorite, um, I've used several, and I like I like almost all of them. Sure. And to me, it boils down to two different things. How, well, maybe more than two. But, okay, so the smell is big. Oh, yeah. I like a really good, um, my favorite type of scent to have in my beard is like wood. Yeah. Like piney type of, of wood smell. Uh, some others that I, I have, have have a more nautical mm-hmm. type of thing going on, you know, sea ocean type of smell. Whatever. Sure. Um, but I like the piney woody ones. Um, I also don't like a beard oil that's going to stay so wet all the time right. that every time I touch my beard, I've got to like, wash my it? hands. Yeah. So, um, to me, my favorite one so far is, believe it or not, a, uh, a, a, a thing I found at Target. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's called uh, Lumberyard. And uh, Lumberyard, I think, is the brand, mm-hmm. I think. But the, the, it's, a, um, it's not an oil. It's a, like a beard butter or whatever. It's right. a, a utility balm yes, is what they call balm. it. So yeah. you can you you can use it in your hair. You can use it on your beard. You can uh, also use it on tattoos mm-hmm. to try and keep them moisturized or whatever. And so uh, it's utility. You can use it everywhere. Right. And it smells like pine. It smells like fresh cut wood. I right. love it. Um, so that's my favorite too, actually. And I just use mine almost all up. But yeah, I, I got it for Christmas last year. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Sorry. Oh, man, goodness. I, I think I might have helped on that. Uh, <coughs> yeah, I think you did. Because it's Lumberyard, <laughs> and it does. It smells like fresh-cut pine. And it the cool thing about it is so you, it's it's not the oil, so it's not liquid. But you scoop some out, and you rub it, and get it warm in your hands, and then put it in. Yeah. And it makes your beard so soft, but it smells so good throughout the day. And I even use it on my tattoo, and it's incredible, you know? So... Definitely that. Another good one is um, Dukes. Anything like yes. Dukes is... Duke Cannon. Duke Cannon is really good stuff. Even their soap. Yeah. Like, for the man in your life, if mm-hmm. you just want to get good smelling stuff, soap, they have some amazing soap. They have beer soap that smells so good. <laughs> and then uh, their... But their oil stuff and the, their rubs are, are incredible for your beard. Mm-hmm. So, and get a nice comb. You can even get sets or you can order a, a monthly subscription to a to a men's beard, yeah, you know, thing. So yeah, for ladies that are that are out there shopping for this, yeah, you want a wood, a wood comb, like a balsam wood type right. of comb. You don't want like the plastic or no. Metal. You want you a want wood comb, a wood comb. That's so. right, something distinguished, so he can sit there and comb his beard while he's reading his theological, <laughs> you know, paper or whatever. Yes. So that's. That's it. That's the list. Yay. I think that's a really you know, good Christmas list. We were we were like, th- this is a top ten list. It's not going to take very long for us to go through this, dude. We've been at this like an hour and twenty minutes. You're <laughs> kidding me! <laughs> wow. So okay, I'll cut. Tell you what, I'll cut the uh, the uh, news because we have some announcements. So go ahead. Oh yeah. So 
okay, yeah. So if you've if you've managed to sit through all <laughs> one hour and twenty minutes of us kind of just shooting the breeze about what you should buy your loved uh, your loved one, read us uh, for Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> whatever you should send us. By the way, my address is no. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, so we have been brainstorming a little bit, and uh, we want to. Of course, we've said this type of thing before. We mm-hmm. want to uh, revitalize Theonauts. We want it. We want to do it more, uh, which is always the case. Part of what keeps us from doing this on a regular basis is the amount of preparation that goes into each episode. That's right. So um, this particular one, for example, we came up with this idea this morning. Jared calls me and he's like, hey, let's go ahead and do a Theonauts and we'll just do it on this. And so (laughs) that's probably why it's gone an hour and 20 minutes. Super easy, but it's fun, you know? It it required very little. um, It was just us talking, you know? But uh, so what we want to do is we had even talked about doing a separate podcast. And uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to continue to do the Theonauts. Absolutely. But in addition to the Theonauts, uh, we're going to interlace in another podcast. Right. That we've decided to record. And this one is going to be a lot light. Uh, well, this one's pretty lighthearted, to be honest with you. Sure. But it's probably not going to be as deep theologically. Right. What we want to do is we want to cover books, movies, music, things that we geek out about anyway. Right. And we want to record just us geeking out about it. Exactly. So Jared kind of came up with the idea. What, what was what was kind of going through your mind whenever you thought about this? So I was in the shower and I was thinking, oh, that's a great idea for a podcast, Pop Culture Christian. And so I texted Dave and I'm like, what if we did Pop Culture Christian? And we had like little pop figures of ourselves and it was really cool. <laughs> but it was so what we're going to do is Theopop. And the idea is every other week. So every week we're going to we're going to put out a podcast mm-hmm. um, and every other week we're going to put out a Theopop podcast where we're going to do books, movies, music, d- pop culture, whatever is going on in our, you know, in our lives that we're geeking out about. Yeah. Whether it's old or new or exactly. whatever, we're going to be all over the map. Right. And it's going to be coming from our perspective as Theonauts, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're just going to discuss and have fun with that. And then, and then every other week we're going to do a Theonauts podcast. It's going to be a little bit more uniform, a little bit more studying, a little bit more getting in, into scripture and theology talk, mm-hmm. um, and and you know the theology that we all love and and, yeah. and want to dive into. And so that's that's the format we're planning on doing. Every Monday night we're gonna we're gonna get together and do this, and uh, uh, and we have a set schedule so that you can have more. Theonautical content coming at you, and diverse theonautical content coming at you, uh, mm-hmm. and and enjoy these these podcasts as much as we do. So yeah, so it'll be um, you. You might think, oh well, we're not going to be doing the theonauts every week, but we haven't been doing theonauts. That's every right. Week. We barely get one out in <laughs> four months. So, so hopefully, this will help us to stay a little more focused because what we want to do is make it a regular thing every. Monday night, right now, that's our plan. That's right. Every Monday night, we'll record something, uh, and it'll be either the Theopops or the Theonauts. So we're gonna yep. be we're gonna be flipping between each and a, each one. But anyway, we've um, we've been wanting to do something like this for a while. Anyway, right. um, 
and we may still even venture out more. I don't sure. know. I, I talked to Michael at the GCT Network about mm-hmm. revitalizing Finding Christ in Cinema, which was an incredible podcast. And, and we may still do that. Yeah. Um, I'm working with my son a little bit sure. about that. I, he was showing some interest in wanting to do that with me. Uh, where we might dive a little deeper, even right. into a specific movie or whatever. Right. But uh, but anyway, so we've got some ideas. Um, bear with us. Hang out. Hang out on there. I know that uh, between now and the end of the year, I mean, it's always tough to get things that's right happening at this time of year. But we uh, we plan to to. To get, make something of this. So. That's right. And we thank you so much for just listening in, especially if you're still into this after an hour and 30 minutes. We thank you for listening and, and being a part of Theonauts with us. And we want to we want to commit to giving better content and reaching out to, to, to even more people. So if you uh, if you like us, make sure to to share share us with others and, and get the word out because we want Theonauts to be an encouragement to as many people as we can get it out to. Yeah, that's the reason and that's, we do it. You know, one of the things that's kind of spurring this too is when we do do look at the numbers and we sure. see that people are listening and people are expecting they like us. Things they for, really like it's, us. It's like it. it <laughs> yeah, we really need to be putting a little bit more effort into it. So that's, that's what we right. want to do. Awesome. So. All right, you ready to close it yeah, out for the day? Let's go ahead and do that. By the way, my show notes are uh, many, so we'll oh, see but what you happens. can read them. No, not really. <laughs> well, the Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. Visit our website at theonautspodcast.com for show notes and outlines. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher. And be sure, please, to rate us because that helps us reach a larger audience. There are several ways you can contact us and leave us feedback. Send us an email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com or call us on our voicemail line, which is 972-885-7270. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts. Uh, if you really like us and want to spend <laughs> and want to spend some money <laughs> and want more Theonauts, drop us a buck or two at patreon.com slash Theonauts. Your patronage helps us in our expenses like hosting fees and equipment costs. Don't forget to tune in again to... Uh, to explore the vast reaches of God's word with us. And don't forget to tune in to Theopops coming soon. Coming soon. All right, Jeremiah, thanks for being here, brother. Hey, thank you too, bro. All right, God bless. This has you been are tuned in Theopops to the GCT. Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. Love to hear from you. Just hit all the buttons. I'm just hitting all the buttons. This is your Great Commission Transmission at GCT Network. Whatever. <laughs> You're that out of practice? I am. I, I learned to read some. <laughs> I read the Bible quite a bit. I can't understand all of it. But I reckon I understand a good deal of it. <laughs>